Working Cows Podcast, episode 272. This episode is brought to you by Mystic Lubricants. For a look at their full line of top quality products, visit mysticlubes.com. Welcome to the podcast that gives producers a platform to discuss and share paradigm-challenging practices. Practices that have increased the effectiveness of their operation and the joy that their families have received from this lifestyle. Howdy, everybody. This is Clay Connery, host of the Working Cows podcast, powered by the Global Ag Network. And this episode is brought to you by Mystic Lubricants. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Very excited to be joined uh, once again by Will Winter. Will, of course, is a uh, vet veterinarian, uh, uh, been doing it for a long time and has had quite the paradigm shift over the, the years of his uh, practice as an uh, uh, animal vet and uh, has transitioned more into a consulting role. And he has come across some commonalities in some of the ranches that he has been consulting on. And uh, some of the things that have been causing them grief are things like uh, electromagnetic frequencies and, and some of the frequencies put off by cell phone towers and wind towers. And he's mentioned that a couple of times in our episodes together in the past. And, and those will be linked in the show notes page for today, workingcows.net slash 272. Uh, but I wanted to get him back on and take a little bit deeper dive on this and, and talk about how he uh, kind of came across it and where, where he learned about this as a threat or as an issue that we're facing that we need to figure out how to mitigate. And then uh, also about some of the solutions, what can we do? So uh, that's why he's here today and looking forward to this conversation with Will Winter. Will, Welcome back to the Working Cows Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. Hey, thank you very much, Clay. It's, uh, it's good to be here. I love your show. And uh, it's you're doing a big service because education is everything. And there's a lot of things changing, as we'll talk about today. And it's important for people to keep keep up with the, whatever the whatever's going on. What, what, there's things that affect us that we have no control over. And this topic today is one of them. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, both times I've had you on in recent months, uh, you've mentioned uh, your concern over, I, I don't know if EMF, electromagnetic frequencies, or, or some other uh, kind of variation of that is your concern, but um, you've mentioned it both times, and I kind of wanted to hear a little bit more about your perspective on that and what, what is kind of raising your concern. Right, and uh, my, my basic position on it is it's kind of part of my duty I feel like self-described duty to to tell people if there's any uh, uh, effect that's out there that could be damaging them and uh, this is certainly one of them so uh, you know in, in the term holistic it essentially in a nutshell means whole everything so that includes uh, 
a lot of environmental factors that are beyond our control. And uh, the, 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 the getting right down to it, you mentioned EMF, which is electromagnetic uh, frequencies, EMF. And that includes all the different forms of non-ionizing radiation. And most of us are familiar with the super bad radiation, of which there, fortunately we, we are not exposed to too much of it, like Fukushima or, or Chernobyl. Uh, those would be like uh, radioactive uh, waste or x-rays. That's ionizing radiation, meaning that it it uh, it changes your body. So obviously everybody should avoid um, ionizing radiation as much as possible. You, you know, you go to the hospital and uh, I consider it a form of cover, CYA, cover your rear, uh, in medicine where if a doctor... Uh, decides, well, you know, this guy's just having headaches. I don't think it's anything too too bad. Well, then if it turns out that guy has brain tumor, the doctor is probably not going to be a doctor any long, longer because he didn't do the x-rays or uh, um, various forms of, of radioactive or radio um, signal uh, diagnosis, MRI or things like that. So I would say probably 90% of the advanced radiology when you go to the hospital is because the doctor is afraid of getting sued. You might be that one in a million guy that has something bad. So we're all exposed to a lot more of it than, than we like. And uh, when I go to the dentist, it's unbelievable. They, they want to uh, do a full mouth uh, radiograph, even if I'm not having any symptoms or anything. And obviously a certain amount of it is good. They can diagnose things, but, I, I turn it down. I only probably get it every five years. Mm. Yep. Just because uh, of that. Now, if I had a toothache or a tooth that was bothering me, I, I would be a lot more concerned, um, you know, to get to get those x-rays. And they obviously save a lot of people's lives. So, in, you know, in talking to you, I don't want to be the just bad news, gloom and doom. You know, you turn on the news TV or you, you pick up the newspaper, it's pretty much all bad news. And then they'll have one story at the end of the news about a puppy or something, you know, and the rest of it is, is depressing. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Mark Twain always said, if, if you read the there's all they had back in his day was the newspaper. Right. He said, if you don't read the newspaper, you're ill-informed. And if you read the newspaper, you're misinformed. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, you know, he, he really... Uh, uh, had a lot of uh, uh, insight under these things. So, and and that's why I wanted to talk about this today, Clay. Is that there? I think there's a lot of misinformation about um, EMF and stray voltage, and primarily, you might say, because the the energy companies and the the cell phone networks they don't want you to think it's bad. Uh, they they want you to think it's good. Yeah, and what? And, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I, I never thought as a veterinarian I would ever be talking about things that electrical engineers talk about. Mm. But yet here we are. You know, it's like uh, we we have things that we get exposed to. And I would say the two biggest problems right now in terms of uh, unwanted pollution are uh, your neighbor's pesticides, chemicals, mm. herbicides, insecticides, other sides, and then this, this electrical thing. 
that, that we kind of have to teach ourselves about. Um, and so this, this, this newscast is like bad news, good news. Uh, and you know, at least we can get rid of it. Uh, we have ways to mitigate it and get rid of it. And that'll, that'll tell you, I'll spend most of my time talking about, sure. um, if you spent the whole session on what's bad, which we could do, you know, people are just like, I think I'll just go kill myself now, you know, and get it over with. I think, uh, yeah, but, I think that's always been kind of the, the strength of the working cows podcast is we've always tried to look at the positive, look at the opportunities, look at, um, you know, the, the, rather than focusing on the negative. And I, and I think that the news, um, I think media in general, social media, written media, you know, broadcast media, it, it generally, it, I think centers around the idea that if you are enraged, you are engaged. And so they have figured out how to keep you enraged wow. and keep you yeah, uh, exactly. engaged. And so I, I don't, I don't uh, really trust much of what I see out there, um, and, uh-huh. and and so I try to focus on the positive here as much as possible. So yeah, I, I do want to definitely do want to spend the majority of our time if we're able to Thank do you. that yeah. today. But I guess what kind of forms does the EMF and stray voltage take? If that's our our focus for the day, what what kind of forms do they take? How do they get to our place? Where are they coming from? Exactly, and we will do that. Uh, just reflecting back on what you said, I thought it was interesting when the former president was in power, the newscasters and the comedians had a heyday. It was like every day it was something like, wow, wow, this is a, oh, this, you know, this guy's fun. We have the current president who's it's just kind of boring, you know, just a, a straight shooter and not very interesting. So the, the news was a lot more fun in the, you know, the previous president, you know, it's like, <laughs> now what, you know? So, um, yeah, they're gonna have. To, uh, I, I could, I yeah. could, I could say they're gonna have to start a war, but that would probably be controversial if I was gonna say that. So, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> war is good for business. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah the media yeah. included. Well, we, yeah, well, we can focus on the, the other wars that are going on and less fortunate people. And that you know, I think that's the thing that uh, we a broad picture is that we're Americans. Most of us. I mean, there's people listening to your show all over the world, as I found out. <laughs> Uh, but we Americans take a lot for granted, you know, mm. people complaining about America. Oh, we're the worst country in the world. And oh, we got the worst government. You know what? We really have it made. We, we have it pretty lucky. We're extremely lucky to have the freedoms that we have. So I can go out at night and take a walk. I don't have to apologize to anybody. I don't have to explain myself. Uh, and you know, so yeah, I, I'm right now I'm, I'm grateful for, for being uh, an American and being in this country. So that, that is uh, a blessing that we don't want to ever take for granted. Mm-hmm. And again, with, uh, the, the, my business is primarily with grass fed beef, uh, pastured pork, free range birds, uh, uh, grass milk, which is a big deal now, mm-hmm. even more important than organic. Uh, but I feel so fortunate I, I, when I do my, uh, New Year's Day resolutions and things. I just think about how lucky I am to know you and all the all your listeners. And I work with the nicest people in the world. And 
I can't go to a conventional veterinary meeting anymore. I literally will not go ever. Hmm. It's so depressing. It's the same old, same old. It's deja vu all over again. Hey, boys, we got a new antibiotic. This one's really great. Well, what about that one you had last year? Oh, well, we don't use that one anymore. You know? yeah. <laughs> and yeah. conventional ag uh, is basically what, oh, yeah, what's the latest insecticide or herbicide that you got? That you know the one last year isn't working anymore. So again, I, I I just want that to be my theme of just relish the 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 beauty that we have and how 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 grateful we should all be about what we do have, yeah. and that there are so many other people that are much less fortunate than all of us here today. Absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. I've so, you know okay. I've often talked about or I've I've often said that you know our interventions, whether they're chemical in- interventions or mechanical in- interventions, um, they're always there are always unintended consequences. There are things that we didn't expect to happen by using the poron or the antibiotic or the plow or the you know tillage equipment. There's always consequences for those interventions, and they're yeah you know things we couldn't have anticipated because we're dealing with such a complex system. And so I think that this this EMF topic is kind of along those lines. There's some unintended consequences. Yeah, it's great, convenient. Uh, you know, wind and solar energy are convenient. Being able to make a cell phone call from the middle of the pasture is convenient and, and great. Mm-hmm. But there's unintended yep. consequences. So I yep. guess what are the sources of the of the EMF that, that are uh, you're concerned about or where is it coming from? You want me to get down to business, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Enough of this philosophizing. Yeah. Uh, well, you're right. Everything is connected to everything. Uh, water runs downhill and there's no free lunch. Those are the hmm. rules of the universe right there. So um, the, there's a book. Uh, I'll start with this book called The Invisible Rainbow hmm. by Arthur Fersenstein. I read this book and my mouth was, my jaw was dropping throughout the book. And it's about the history of electricity. And I, I truly believe this would be uh, what I'd recommend everybody to give themselves for Christmas is to read this book, The Invisible Rainbow. It's everywhere. You can get it everywhere. It's 20 bucks. And this guy is, is brilliant. So he talked about electricity as we know it really started becoming a deal in the late 1700s. And this is Ben Franklin, of course, in our country. The French were great at experimenting with static electricity. And there were actually, then became a lot of uh, healers, a lot of more fraudulent, that used electricity to cure you. You know, there's gizmos all over the place. And we have a a museum here in Minneapolis called the Museum of um, Curious Medical Devices or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of them were uh, fraud. But they would actually give you electricity, and there's some something to that. There is natural electricity in the planet. Uh, the Earth is is fully electric. It ha- but it's a gentle, kind electric that's harmonious and compatible with our energy. In fact, I think uh, a lot of people say that all living things on the planet Earth are are fed by this. We have the North Pole, the South Pole. We have the ley lines. Um, and this is the GPS, you might say, for all migrating animals, uh, the elk, the bison, the birds, the, mm. you know, these li- a little hummingbird finds its way from Minneapolis to South America <laughs> using this. 
and uh, the the honeybees find their way to the hive uh, using the the GPS of the natural earth energy. It's direct current DC, and it it's been here forever. It it does have its own variations, but it's an important source. We have now bowled that over with billions of times more man-made, non-coherent, not harmonious radiation. Uh, billions, billions of times more. So what's happening is the bees can't find a hive. The birds, we've lost a, a fourth or a third of the bird population, part of which they can't navigate anymore. Whales can't navigate anymore. They beach themselves because of sonar. Uh, and other forms of man-made radiation that screws up uh, millions of years of uh, genetic uh, wisdom that, that the wildlife has. Uh, deer and other animals are mystified by this blizzard of, of static that's coming at them. So it isn't just the humans that are uh, affected by this. And where is it coming from? Well, uh, again, Arthur Furstenberg's book, The Invisible Rainbow, talks about the evolution of uh, the first electrification was in military installations. Gee, surprise, surprise. <laughs> military got electri electrification, the telegraph. Uh, they even got radar. And this was about 1918 that they, they started using radar on the military installations. And of course, radar is, you can't control it. It just goes out like a broadcast. And that, that there's correlation, not causation, correlation between <laughs> even the Spanish flu epidemic and the advent of electrification. <laughs> when I was a kid, they had just, uh, I'm not that old, but uh, my some of my rel farm relatives in Kansas still had uh, the windmill hooked up uh, to a radio and you got all your information through a battery operated um, system. Mm -hmm. And rural electrification came in the 30s. Now, here's the ironic thing. People that live in the city kind of expect to be microwaved and zapped, you know. It's like, oh, yeah, we live in the city. It's everywhere. Well, now rural people are getting exposed because the, the big thing has happened after rural electrification, which was a huge problem in and of itself. I work a lot with stray voltage. And they made a decision in the 30s in rural electrification to run the, the ground wire back to the power plant through the earth itself and ground wire. Mm -hmm. Now, California, you know, um, the weird state, uh, <laughs> they actually decided, no, we want another wire on the telephone pole so uh, so the power goes back, doesn't go through the earth. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how they knew this, but the, they, it's what they voted. It was more money and everything. But when electricity, now I'm talking about AC, Mm -hmm. There was a big uh, controversy between Nikolai Tesla and Thomas Edison mm -hmm. over what are we going to do? Are we going to do AC or DC? And they decided for multiply complicated reasons to go with alternating current. Alternating means it goes back and forth 60 cycles a second. It's just going back and forth. That is not coherent with the planet, not mm -hmm. coherent with the wild animals, not coherent with our health. So we're, we're on AC, and AC is very disruptive, uh, very disharmonious to living things. So we have that. Well, since they don't have a ground wire, 
That means electricity, one of the laws of uh, physics, is that electricity will take the path of least resistance. So if that is your metal barn or your milking stanchions or your, your plumbing, it will go through that rather than the earth. And that is called stray voltage. That's one of the sources of stray voltage. I have found recently, too, like I'm working with a, a farm in southern Minnesota that has the, I'll back this up a little bit. The guy was fourth generation dairy farmer, and he's getting high somatic cell counts, meaning he has mastitis in mm-hmm. his herd. So bad that he got kicked out of Organic Valley. Oh, you, know, you got too many white blood cells in your, in your milk. You're kicking your on. He's like, what? I'm, I, you know, we know what we're doing. We know how to make milk. We're fourth generation. Uh, well, what, what I found when I went out there is that his barn was farmer wired, amateur <laughs> wired, meaning they didn't understand the exact flow of the electrons in the wire. So what happens, you get these hot spots mm. and when, and cattle, basically all animals, but especially cattle are extremely sensitive to electricity, thousand times more. So that's why hot wires work so good. Mm. They hate it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so his brain was hot. And you, you could almost feel a perceptive tingle when you touch the water lines mm. or when you touch the stances. It was that bad. So he brought out an electrical technician who straightened it out. Now, double E's electrical engineers know electron flow. But even professional electricians are not necessarily taught in this. They just wire it up, and they could switch the hot wire and the ground wire on the, the way. You know, there's a whole bunch of ways. And again, I'm not an electrical engineer. I apologize for what I don't know. <laughs> but I do know the symptoms when I see it in the animals. And it's cows that won't let down their milk. They, they mm. hesitate to get a drink. They hesitate to go in the barn. Uh, and they might even jump when they, they touch the water water fountain. So these are things. And then now we couldn't do grass farming without hot wires, without electrical temporary mm-hmm. fencing. It, it's made it so much better. But a lot of people don't understand the flow of electricity. And I highly recommend anybody that's going to do that to hook up with someone that, like Jim Garrish or people that really know how to wire it up and mm-hmm. do your ground wire so you don't add to the the, the voltage of your your system. This again that's stray voltage or stray electricity. And it's very it's actually quite easy to measure. Um and I've actually done this and I, I've only had it work once, but I haven't tried it that many times. I just take a light bulb with two bare wires and I stick the two bare wires to the ground and that light bulb will light up. And that means that you have electricity passing through your soil, through your farm, which is going to go to any metal uh, substance. And it's so prevalent. This is still true in Canada. It's illegal to build a, a, a metal building within a certain distance of a power line because you can hijack electricity with it and run your farm with with uh, hijacked electricity. Um <laughs> So they have a certain set distance. So that it, it, this is pretty well known. It's it's nothing new. It's, it's since the 30s we've been fighting it. And there's people all over the country that are stray voltage doctors that will rewire your barn or your home or your plumbing 
so that it doesn't happen. And this particular farmer that I mentioned in southern Minnesota, he also had the transformer from his telephone pole was 50 feet from his house. So they were getting stray voltage in their house Mm. as well. So I think it's $1,800 to get everything straightened out. It was kind of funny too because I have I ended up buying a bunch of electric meters and EMF meters because I I, I check every farm I go on and I'm on all close to 100 farms a year uh, just to see how much they're getting and uh, this guy said well come in my house and this was a, a two story older farmhouse and I have a device that tells me where the hot spots are. And the whole house is wired poorly, and it's it's plaster and lath. It's not sheetrock. There's no way they're going to tear all that out and rewire the house. In fact, my old my own house is over 100 years old, 120 years old, and when I moved in, it had knob and tube wiring, which you're too young to know. Yeah. know oh, what I that still, is. yep. I, we. Oh, you know what that is? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you got two wires, and they're about 12 inches apart, six to 12 inches apart, and they're on these knobs, these these um, porcelain knobs or tubes that when it goes through a wall made out of porcelain. And there's a, a energy field between those two wires is hot <laughs> and it's, it's nasty. So I've gotten rid of most of it in my house. And this farmer told me something really funny. He said, uh, you know, Will, he said, it's better to buy a hundred, to build a hundred year old house than to buy one. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? And he said, yeah. He said, you, you inherit so much problem when you mm-hmm. buy a hundred year old house. And in fact, my house was, wired a few you know it's like five plugins in the whole house <laughs> but they didn't know whether electricity was going to catch on or not and so i had ga- i have gas uh lights throughout my house that wow. are uh on the walls every every room has two or three mm. of these uh wall outlets which will still have gas uh mantles in them mm. and and then when they said oh i guess electricity is going to catch on so they just took some old crummy wires um and they ran them through the gas pipeline to these, uh, you know, so a lot of my house is wired through the old iron gas pipe. So you can imagine what that's like. Wow. And then, of course, we've botched it over the years, adding plug-ins here and there. And, mm-hmm. oh, we don't have any light in the closet. You know, so we've created some monsters there, too. But so that's the, 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 the fundamental primary one is just electricity. Sure. And when we say electromagnetic frequencies, that is because magnetism runs with electricity. Mm-hmm. Wherever there's an electrical field, there's a magnetic field. And a lot of times you'll look overhead, you'll see a 440,000 volt or 660,000 volt uh, power line going across your property. There's a there's an arc around the wire and the electricity, again, I'm not an engineer, but it travels outside the copper wire. It's this area and these uh technicians that work on these transmission lines they know you can't get close to a wire you don't have to touch it to get a shot mm. anywhere anytime you're in that field you're it could be dangerous so uh, so then now we're getting into another field where we're talking about uh high tension power lines that go over your farm as another source of emf and that's mostly the e and the m electromagnetic Mm. And we don't like to see cattle underneath, uh, grazing underneath those. And I work a lot with uh, Amish people and Mennonite and Hutterite. And I, I love them. Uh, they're, you know, they're kind of naturally driven towards organic and mm. uh, the, the natural way of doing things. But 
they're growing in population. So you're a kid, you've outgrown the area in your, your community, so you move to a new community. And a lot of these young people are moving to an area that has a big transmission line right over it. Mm. And like I said, this is happening to rural America now. And the land, you know, the, the, the majority of people don't know about how dangerous these power lines are. So they go ahead and buy the land. They go, they look up and they go, whoa, uh, what is that going across our land? What is that doing? Well, let me tell you, it's always bad news. Uh, and the more powerful it is and the closer it is to you, uh, the worse it is. And throughout our whole talk today, Clay, the, the, to remember that uh, the distance to the source is critical and it's exponential. It's like the difference between holding your cell phone up to your ear to having it on the table on speakerphone is like a thousand times uh, less toxic to have it not up to your head. Mm. And that's the next form of, of, of electrical pollution or uh, magnetic pollution or uh, high voltage pollution through uh, radio frequencies, RF, is uh, is the cell phone. And uh, it's been a big deal. And so many people brag to me, like, oh, yeah, we get cell phone re- uh, reception now. Really good. Five bars. And I go, oh, that's too bad. They're like, what? <laughs> yeah, that means you're getting zapped. And uh, numerous times I've had an Amish farmer have me out on their farm and you open the, their front door and right across the road is a gigantic cell phone tower. Mm. And these things are bad and we can measure it. I have a machine, the device that just measures radio frequency and it's, it's like low average, um, high and then extreme. And, uh, it has the, the numbers there too. And of about a hundred units, anything above a hundred units is considered carcinogenic and toxic and uh, problematic. Mm. Well, a lot of the farms I go to are 20,000, 40,000, 150,000 units mm. of uh, uh, radio frequency RF. And that means bad, bad news. So, again, we'll get to the good stuff here in a minute, but I just wanted to say, uh, kind of like, you know, get your attention, I guess, is like, this, this ain't funny anymore. This is, this is affecting every farmer in America, probably. Yeah. I don't think you can say there's any EMF-free zones anywhere, maybe in the world, mm. uh, maybe in the jungle or something. But even there, one of the other sources, you were talking about sources, we have right now over 5,000 active circulating satellites overhead, mm. over 5,000. And Elon Musk, bless his heart, wants to have 30,000 satellites right now, as soon as possible. They're sending them up every day. Right. Well, these satellites beam out radio stations, TV Mm. stations, and cell phone signals. So you can't get away with it, from it. And the other one is Doppler radar. You know, it's 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 really saved a lot of people's lives and, Mm -hmm. you know, trouble because Doppler radar can track storms. But it's toxic. It is radar. And it's pretty much everywhere, certainly in our country, it's everywhere. So this, this, these satellites uh, make it impossible to get out from under it. Um, so, yeah, so, again, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just <laughs> just going to say, you know, um, 
back to the story about the barn and, and the farmer wired barn, it's always fun to see an electrical engineer uh, show up and look through some of those old farmer wired barns because yeah. they, they tend to shake their head a bit and walk around and uh, wonder how everybody survived working in those conditions over the years. But I had a, I had a uh-huh. joke I had to tell because uh, this is one of my favorite jokes and it is, uh, do you know what the difference between a rancher and an electrician is? There are very few electricians who think that they are ranchers. <laughs> so, uh, but it's true. We, we do mm-hmm. tend to think, well, I can, I can hook that wire to that wire and make that Absolutely. power, get power over there and it'll be really convenient. So, I mean, it, it happens a lot. And some, again, back to that unintended consequence thing, sometimes there are right. unintended consequences. So I, I guess I, I don't want to interrupt what, where you were going, but I, I uh, if I, if I can ask a follow-up question, I, I would do that. Yeah, please do. So, uh, I guess this is probably a pretty bad pun, but what first put this on your radar? Was it, was it the, uh, was it the Furstenberg book or was there, was it something else? No, I, I wouldn't have gone out of my way to do this, but I had a producer and I would never mention anybody's name unless I have permission when I do consulting. But this guy is a great guy. And I've worked with a man named John Wood for probably 20 years as a consultant. And John is extremely successful. He owns us wellness meets. And I think right now he distributes more grass-fed meats in America than any any other person. Mm. He's big. And he has his own farm. He's a farmer, a rancher. He has two farms, one in Missouri, one in Alabama. And so John called me. And he said, well, he said, you know, I've been doing everything you told me. And, I, man, I, life was great. Everything was going really good. And then about, now this was two or three years ago, he said, you know, this year my production is down. My conception rate is down. My average daily gains are down. Everything is down. And it was down last year, and this year it's worse. Mm. He said, I don't understand what I'm doing wrong because I, I'm, I haven't changed anything. Well, then we started looking, and I, I was just asking him various questions about, you know, is there anything upstream for your groundwater? Is Have you drilled a new well? Yeah, I was just poking around trying to, you know, being a detective is what consulting is like. He said, oh, yeah, he said they put a bunch of cell phone towers around my car. It's mm-hmm. like a little light bulb went on. I said, really? So got to looking into this and found out he was in a hot zone. His, his farm, not through him, but there's wind farms and there's I think there's a solar farm. So he tested out very high. So I talked to him about the later part of our talk today about the good news is that we put a mitigation device on his farm and everything snapped into focus. His production went back, his average daily. This mm. guy makes everything. He's a typical show me state Missourian. He's he you can't you can't tell you can't fool this guy. You he he wants to know the truth of everything. And he measures everything. And it, his production went right snapped right back into place. And uh, he paid for that device in probably three years. And hold on to your hat, Clay. He clipped an average of six months off of his birth to slaughter time. Six months <laughs> is a whole winter in Missouri, yeah. anywhere. Wow. So, yeah. that yeah, that was a wow. And that, that just um, sent a, a jolt through me. It's like, wait a minute, if you're doing good and then something isn't going right, 
so then I started looking into this and I found how this happens. And how it happens is that um, the plant uses chlorophyll to combine carbon dioxide, which we exhale, of course, Mm -hmm. and sort of the soil microbes, and water and sunlight and turn it into sugar. And sugar is what the plant uses to make all the secondary polyphenolic plant medicines. There's tens of thousands of these plant medicines. There's You've heard of resveratrol probably and the carotenoids, beta carotene. Um, All of these plant medicines are made out of building blocks of sugar. So when the plant can't make enough sugar, another name for that is low bricks, Mm B-R-I-X. And the bricks index we measure by pulling some sap out of the leaves of the plant we're studying or the fruit or the vegetable. And we put it on a squeezer. We squeeze out a couple drops of sap, and we put it on a bricks refractometer, which determines the nutrient density of the sap of the plant. The sap is, sap is like our blood. Plant sap is like our blood. So if I pull some blood out of your arm and it looked like Kool-Aid, that would not be good, right? <laughs> right. Right. So if the plant of the plant sap is let's say below 12, you're going to probably be going backwards. You're going to be continually fighting plant parasites, Mm. fungal problems, uh, insects, uh, blight. Uh, The plant doesn't even have enough medicine to make itself healthy. Then when our animals eat it, they don't get the plant Mm. medicines. Or when we eat it, we don't get the plant nutrients. Uh, So that doesn't happen. And, and even in fattening cattle, we have learned that if you don't have an average bricks of 12 or better, you will never fatten cattle. Mm-hmm. You will never get into the cream of life where you're making a profit. Well, if I drove from where I live to where you live in the summer and stopped every two or three miles, I'm going to see threes and fours, maybe a four, a lot of threes. So those are sick plants. Our whole world is that way. So when we um, are exposed to radio frequencies or any EMF, the plant's ability to use utilize chlorophyll goes down 30% on average. So the plant can't respirate. It can't get it. And by the way, with animals and humans, EMF interferes with our ability to assimilate oxygen. We can't. And we could have, be on a uh, heart-lung machine, or we could, I'm sorry, a, a respirator with pure oxygen. doesn't matter. It actually mm. almost makes it worse. We still can't get that oxygen into our system. And uh, so the, if the plants are zapped 30%, guess what? You are not going to have the nutritive value of your plant. Uh, so your bushels per acre or tons of hay per acre is going to go down 30% if you're in an EMF field. And when your nutritional value of your plants goes down 30%, so will your animal production. This is just a fact of life. This is just a documented fact of life that if you're getting zapped, you're losing 30% of the production of your field. Uh, At a minimum, there are places where it's much worse. If you got a big power line or cell phone tower, things like that, it's the closer you are to it, the worse it is. But basically, if you can see the cell phone tower, um, 
you're getting zapped if you can see it. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, it, that's what we're working on. Uh, and as soon as we, we can't turn off the EMF, it's way beyond our control. And it's getting worse every day. They've already invented 10G. <laughs> We're dealing with 5G now, which is a thousand times worse than 4G, which is a thousand times worse than 3G. Mm. And I don't quite know why they're cramming it down our throat. There's a lot of stuff about this that I don't understand why why we have to have 5G. I was happy with 3G. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we don't, we're not in control of that. Uh, you can't shoot it back to the source, which would be probably illegal to burn down a substation or something <laughs> like that. And speaking of substations, I was on a big ranch in Oklahoma, and the owner had put in over 100 wind turbines. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, so she had this fog over her place uh, from the wind turbines. But I happened to have my machine, my device, my measuring device on when we drove by the substation. And I don't know if you've seen one of those or not, but it looks like something out of science fiction. But <laughs> it's where I have all this gizmos, you know, and condensers and transformers that shoots it down the power line. That thing was, it was, it was like a volcano of mm. EMF. So being around a substation is really bad. Yep. And, so, um, so yeah, there's yep. a, a lot of, wind turbines going in in my neighborhood even and i was having a conversation with uh, a rancher from my neighborhood who was you know talking about whether or not to give them an easement to come onto his place and you know he said that as i did my research one of the, the questions you know that he had was you know if it was if if there was a real uh measurable impact he felt like the farmers who measure yield you know to the to the half bushel to the acre or or more more precisely than that even they would have they would have noticed it if there was an impact or or whatever so that was kind of his his pushback or question and I guess I I didn't know if this had been something that you kind of had been noticing on different places and then and then really started to be able to put your finger on the fact and correlate these two things or how that was how that came about that's how people how I usually get connected up with people is they say, uh, yeah, I'm just not seeing the results that I used to get. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, that, that would be, I I measured anyway, whenever I I, I carry this whole small suitcase full of tools (laughs) along with me to measure it. And I, I get different reactions from people because this is, this is new. Uh, where nobody, you know, not nobody, but very few people know about it. And we had a lovely guy in Acres USA. He's one of our standard speakers. His name was Bruce Tanio. And unfortunately, he died prematurely. We're not quite sure what happened there. But Bruce was onto this and he had devices that mitigated it. Uh, you plugged them into electricity to AC and he had one called Harmony. He had one called Symphony. Uh, and that's exactly what they did. They harmonized the EMF that's going through your property. Mm. And this guy was, you know, you might say a modern genius as far as doing this. So I've been aware of that for 20 years. Um, and I remember uh, visiting with Bruce. And one of the things he did, he found out that a lot of TV stations skip bounce the signal across the United States on mountaintops. And uh, so it saves trans. They have they need less towers. They can bounce it off of a mountaintop to the next uh, pole or next tower. Right. 
And he said, everywhere those things bounce, there's like a 100 to 300 foot circle of uh, zapped uh, plants where it's like a bare spot mm. on these mountaintops. So he was telling me about all this stuff. And he, he if you ever get a chance, to, if you're uh, morbidly fascinated by this, <laughs> Bruce Tenio's tapes from those days 20 years ago are fascinating, mm. interesting, and prescient because he, he saw all this coming. And we've we've gotten so far. There was not even cell phones when Bruce was around. Mm. I mean, there were cell phones, but not the kind that we have now. Right. So there, uh, Phil Callahan was another guy at Acres who uh, Acres USA used to be uh, the hub for weirdos, you know, who were <laughs> people that were into radionics and cosmic pipes and uh, homeopathic remedies that you could broadcast over your farm. And they don't do that so much anymore. So it kind of fell out of vogue. But I, I predict it's going to be coming back mm. uh, because we're, we're, we've got our back up against the wall. Like I say, we got 5G now. They're penetrating further and further into rural America. Mm-hmm. And one of the nice things about the devices you can get now, they don't plug in. There are no batteries. They don't plug into AC. They operate on biophotonic emissions, which is light. Mm. Uh, the light activates these new devices. They're very simple. And uh, I ran into to, to those devices just 18 months ago. Uh, that's how new this is. is that I, I, I like Bruce Tenio's deal. And then the, one of the guys uh, that does the stray voltage, uh, Scott Ertle is his name. He's a dairy farmer in Wisconsin. And Scott has a device called the Ertilizer. You plug it into your AC, and I bought one probably 12 years ago, and it does about a half acre. So my whole house and garden and yard are protected by the fertilizer. And I, I never quite, I don't know, I just I didn't like the fact that it plugged into AC. And you can hear this motor running. It's got a motor in it. It sits mm-hmm. outside your house. Uh, and we know they work because we've measured it with uh um, like the people that grow biological bugs for uh, fertigation or for foliar feeding mm. uh, or biological stimulation of plants. These, these bugs are alive. They're usually in big containers like a swimming pool where they grow them. And their growth and their life, uh, their whole vitality can be screwed up by EMF. So if, when we ran the fertilizers, it, uh, it actually made the bugs happy you might say hmm. they thrive so we we know they work i i, I unplugged my fertilizer uh about a year ago because i got one of these ones that runs on light mm-hmm. and uh yeah go ahead did you yeah well, i was just gonna on say, a rabbit trail here? no no it was great i i and i, I just wanted to kind of see what what how do they work or or maybe more to the point of what i'm wondering is uh how do we deploy them uh across a landscape what's kind of the scale or what's necessary where's the best place to put them kind of some of the strategy on how to use these mitigation devices exactly and that's getting into the good news of this broadcast is that we can neutralize and harmonize you might say a hundred percent now, our meters will still read extreme or high. You know, you, you're not killing it. You're not destroying the, the, the electricity or the uh, radio frequency. But when it comes near your device, it becomes coherent with 
Earth energy. Mm-hmm. We point them towards magnetic north. When we set it up, it's within a half a degree of true north. So it's, it's connecting with the Earth energies, too, just to not fight it, to, but to work with the Earth energies. And um, they were developed about 45 years ago in New Zealand. So other people have been onto this deal for a long time. And they started making them out. Of, I think the first thing they used was a crystal quartz. And it worked. They could, they could charge it up and it worked, but it didn't last. And they thought, well, let's try a slab of granite because granite has crystals in it. And, you know, it's kind of like how a computer, a computer works on quartz crystals. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't understand that. Uh, but it, it crystals transmit energy. They store energy. You know, there's a whole lot going on with crystals. Well, they, then they experimented with metal and they tried gold. They tried silver. They tried different types of steel, aluminum, copper. Well, the thing that held it the best was a special kind of stainless steel that's high on chromium, and it's marine grade, it's called. So what they did then, and again, here we're getting into uh, <laughs> the arts of uh, that electrical scientists know about, mm. but they used a technique called plasmonics. And in a nutshell, what plasmonics does to the steel is it temporarily for a, maybe a millisecond, I don't know how long, it liquefies the edge of the steel. And when it sets up again, when biophotons hit it, they come back differently. And those biophotons are what changes the, uh, the man-made frequencies into something that's coherent. Now, I know that sounds pretty mystical, <laughs> so the, the next question, I think the one you would have is like, well, how do you know if it's working? You can't see it. Mm-hmm. You can kind of feel it. Some people more than others. And the invisible rainbow person said 4% of all humans are what are called electrosensitive people. Mm-hmm. You might know one. I have met several. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are made sick by the CML. The, anytime they get around it. Uh, they they are sick and they can't have electricity in their house. Some of them are so bad they can't have TV or radio or lights. Even uh, they might have kerosene lights because they're so sensitive. And many of them get what's called fibromyalgia or mm. chronic fatigue syndrome. In fact, you could almost say anybody with chronic fatigue syndrome is probably electrosensitive, and that's what's making them sick. And they get better. But there's two main ways we can prove that it's technically prove that it's working. One is to measure the ionic balance between negative ions and positive ions. Do you know about, have you heard about that? Uh, if I have, it's been ne- a long negative time. <laughs> ions. Okay, well, I ran in my vet hospital when I had a brick and mortar building, I ran negative ion generators because they dropped the static electricity that kept mm. the particles in the air. So people that had serious cat allergies or dog allergies could come on my building and not have an allergic reaction because it knocked all the, the little dander particles out of the air. Negative ions are good and they're made in nature, especially around something like a waterfall. And you get around a beautiful waterfall uh, and you feel great. Negative ions make you feel positive. It's uh, ironic. They probably should change the name on them or something because <laughs> negative ions are positive, make you feel positively better 
positive ions, on the other hand, make you feel horrible. And a classic example is a laundromat. You know, you go into a laundromat in about a half an hour, you do want to go kill yourself. You know, it's, it's, uh, a, it's a depressing feeling. So we can actually, there are machines that measure the ratio of positive to negative ions. And when we have the uh, devices out, the amount of negative ions skyrockets and the positive ions disappear. So we, we just use this as a test of whether it's working or not. Uh, that we can also measure biophotonic emissions. And I know that's a, a mouthful to say, but every living thing emits that, even rocks to a small degree, but mm-hmm. plants, animals, humans. If you're alive, you're emitting biophotons, mm-hmm. little particles of light. You're, you're, you're giving off, you're emitting energy. And we can measure when somebody gets near it, uh, what their biophotonic emission was before they got near it and when they're around it. And it always goes up. We, I do this. I, 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 the weirdness I have is I'm a dowser. I do dowsing with pendulums or mm-hmm. with rods. And I, I'm pretty good at it. I mean, I, I don't do it for a living, but I, I use it every day. I either do muscle testing or some form of measuring whether something is working or not. I can do surrogate testing for animals to see if uh, I can say, let's say uh, I'd hold a bottle of ginseng up to an animal, let's say, and I would measure their their vital force uh, before I do it and then after I touch it. And I demonstrate this a lot with people. I say, do you have a bottle of Mountain Dew? Okay, so let's let's muscle test your arm. Hold your arm up. Don't let me push it down. So I test that, and, you know, usually a pretty good strength. Okay, now hold this. A lot of times I'll have them close their eyes so I don't know what they're holding have them hold a bottle of Mountain Dew. And it's like, okay, hold your arm. No, hold your, seriously, hold your arm up. I can't, you know, and it's like, it's like a noodle. And the only difference is that I added something that destroyed their ability, their, their vital force, their energy, their life force. I, it lowered it, let's say. Hmm. Give them a bottle of raw milk, hold that in your hand. <laughs> wow, I can't, I, I'm, I'm hanging on your arm. I can't pull it down. Uh, you know, this is strengthening to you. And not everybody, not everybody, you know, might be that sensitive to Mountain Dew or Coca-Cola or that positively influenced by milk, good milk. But th- those are the part of the things that I do. So this is uh, one way we test whether the, the device is working. But what I'm most interested in, and this is the best news of all, is that when we put one on a farm, production goes up measurably. And like I said with John Wood, he paid for his whole device in uh, three months. It was paid for. Mm -hmm. And the dairy that I mentioned in southern Minnesota, his cattle had had this high somatic cell count. They had had mastitis. They're not healthy. Mm -hmm. That that almost immediately went back to below standard, way below average. And not only that, this guy started getting an extra gallon of milk per cow per day. With two milkies, half gallon of these milkies, yeah. So dairy people can they have a better yardstick than mm-hmm. the rest of us do because every day you look in the bulk tank, you know your milking device usually tells you what she's putting out every day, so they know immediately whether something's making them worse or making them better. So this is another way that we're able to measure the effects of the device. And what we're finding with uh, farmers is that we're finding about a thirty percent increase in production 
of bushels per acre or tons of hay per acre mm. or cuttings, number of cuttings. So then, then we know it's working. And in fact, I'll talk about this, uh, uh, guy, uh, I've, I've become, uh, quite a friend and fan of Dan Stahosky. And he's a, a gentleman that lives in, uh, Spokane, Washington. He, his first child, they have eight children. And the oldest of their eight, uh, was born, their very first kid was born what used to be called a bubble baby. I don't know what they call them now, but they're kids that don't have an immune system. Mm-hmm. So if, if they're exposed to just normal air or germs, whatever, they die. And she spent the first, she's 14, they spent the first 12 years of her life virtually in hospitals. Her her medical bills must be tens of millions. You know, this, this kid, fortunately, they had insurance. And fortunately, none of their other kids have whatever wrecked her immune system. They have no idea what did it. But it sent Dan around the world, basically, to figure out how to cure Jane, his daughter. And that's when he went to New Zealand, and these guys are farmers, and they're telling him all these amazing stories. And he he got it immediately. Three years ago, he he brought a device home from New Zealand, put, put it in their house, and his daughter never went back into the hospital. Hmm. So- and it's... Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what are what are these devices? I mean, we kind of talked about what they do and and how they work, but what are they? What what's <laughs> where can somebody sure. find them? Those kinds of things. Right. Well, this is that stainless steel I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And when I met Dan, uh, it's almost two years ago now, but uh, at least eighteen months ago, I, I was very impressed with his story and just his integrity. He's a good Christian guy. He is just rock solid. You know, he really understood the science of it more than I actually. So I bought two small devices, one for me and one for my wife. I'm we're, we're both wearing ours now. Uh, I've only taken mine off one time in, in these almost two years. Uh, but it's a square inch of stainless steel. It's kind of pretty. It looks like a piece of jewelry. It looks like a diamond. And I mean, a diamond shape. Mm-hmm. And uh, that protects my basic personal space. I'm talking on a cell phone now. I'm in a room full of Wi-Fi and modems and, uh, you know, uh, routers and things and all the other stuff, cable TV and all that. Uh, but I, I'm completely protected by it. So that was my toe on the water. I thought my wife and I both thought we, these things work. I can feel it. They, they work good. And as a little side story, I, the only time I took mine off was a year ago at the Acres USA meeting which happened, I think it was in Nashville, or no, I, it was, I'm sorry, it was uh, not, it was in uh, um, uh, Cincinnati. And I walked in the hotel right out of the airport, and I had that thing around my neck, but I had it sticking out, it was above my clothing. And I, I saw a bunch of people in the lobby, and I sat down with them, and friends of mine we were just chatting, and they said, what's that thing on your neck? And I said, well, you want the short story, the long story. <laughs> and I said, this protects me when I'm on the airplane and when I'm around cell phones. They said, well, how do you know it's working? I said, well, I told them a little bit of what I told you. And I said, well, here's the other thing it does. It will structure water. It'll make water coherent. Or, or your drink, your wine or your beer, whatever you're drinking, water. Uh, so I took it off and I passed it around the table. And everybody was dangling over their, their wine. It's like, yeah, yeah, it does taste good. Uh, and pretty much everybody could taste the difference. Well, after about 20 minutes, we're setting this live. And I said, Boy, there's a lot of televisions in here. 
I never noticed how this lighting is harsh. Uh, mm. uh, so I said, um, excuse me, could I have my little thing back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't notice what it was doing. And this is how we are. You know, you, you get used to certain things like the, what I was saying about the beautiful parts of our country. Uh, and I, you know, I put it back on and it's like, oh yeah, now, now this, this feels good. So that was the day I knew that it worked. And, um, so that, that was that story. Well, it worked so good that Dan Sahosky, uh, sells what are called ag conditioners. And these are the ones that work on biophotonic emission and they're plates of stainless steel, plain and simple. Mine is only one layer thick around my neck, but I bought one that was five by five. So that's 25 square inches of stainless steel times five. It was five layers thick. So it's a slab of steel. And it comes on a thing called a light tower, and which is a wooden rack, has a little uh, scalar antenna to in, increase the, the frequency. But that little five by five does an acre and a half, mm. protects an acre and a half. So that's why I said uh, it protected my whole house, my garden, my yard. Uh, and I ended up selling it to my neighbor. Uh, they were getting a little free uh, coverage <laughs> from mine. So, and then I, I bought another one, and I ended up selling that to a family member. So now I have a 7x7-inch one, same exact device, uh, and that covers three and a half acres. I don't know why I jumped it up, but he's, he, he can tell more of the story that you get more effect, a deeper effect, by the 7x7 one than the other one, including mm-hmm. more range. Sure. Well, the top of the line is one that does 10,000 acres. And it's only about 16 by 16 inches. It's this big slab. It weighs about 20 pounds. Uh, and it comes in a box, and you, you actually, uh, Dan helps people figure out where to put it. A lot of the, like, I've got three Amish families where three to four of them have dairies real close, to, like a mile apart. And a 10,000-acre unit will cover all of their dairies, so they just split the, the cost for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it goes down to one that does 160 to 200 acres. You know, there's, there's all different sizes mm-hmm. and Dan, uh, helps people, um, figure out what, to, where to put it. He gets on Google maps and he pulls up your whole farm and he'll tell you exactly where to put it. Mm-hmm. And the other beautiful thing that helped me trust him, uh, no questions asked money back guarantee. So, I mean, this sounds like an infomercial or something, which <laughs> I don't intend it to be, but he doesn't want anybody to buy it and then regret it. And I don't know, but I don't think anybody has ever returned one. I sure wouldn't get rid of mine. I'm very comfortable with it. Like, say, I unplug my fertilizer. Nothing against fertilizer, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I do like this one uh, because it's inside my house, no electricity, uh, and everybody can feel it working. And this is kind of a little, another rabbit trail, but we, my wife and I like to have a little glass of wine every night before dinner. And then we sat and talked about our day and everything. Mm -hmm. It's just a really nice little happy hour. Uh, And uh, we set our wine glasses on top of it before we drink it. Mm. And you can make a three or $4 bottle of wine taste like a $20 bottle. (laughs) Uh, Just by, I mean, you can make a living doing this, you know, just to make it a better tasting wine. Uh, but that's, again, just a little aside of how we know that it's working. And we love it. 
Hmm. Now, the 5x5, five five, you can also use it on body aches and pains. Like I have, being a, a large animal vet, I have bad knees. And I hold it on my knees, and I just paint it like you're using paint. I just rub my, stroke that against my knee. You can feel it immediately for shoulder, back, uh, knee, elbow, uh, any kind of joint pain, uh, any kind of pain, actually. Uh, and it also works for insomnia or uh, people, you know, that's another symptom of EMF poisoning is you can't sleep very well. You just can't rest. And uh, there's some recent information. There's a gland in the brain called the pineal gland. And mm-hmm. pineal gland makes melatonin, which is the eraser of age. It reverses aging. It's like the most important hormone in the body. But it's only made in the dark of night. And that's why I've actually started wearing a, a blackout mask at night. Just any stray lighting around our house, uh, in, the, in the bedroom or especially uh, you block that out because when there's any kind of light, the pineal gland says, oh, we got, can't work now. You know, we mm-hmm. only work when the body isn't doing anything else. But then I found out that any electrical device in your bedroom also shuts down the pineal gland. So it doesn't work at night. So you age more, you know, it's like the opposite of antioxidants, oxidizing your body. So, <laughs> and, and that's probably something I should have started talking about. The two, two ways to deal with EMF pollution. One is quit making it. You know, don't lower what you have that you're exposed to that you do have control over, and then mitigate the rest. So, I had I'm, I work on a cell phone and a computer, pretty much basically all day. That's uh, what a consultant does. Yeah. Uh, I might be looking at the computer with a cell phone, you know, right next to it. <laughs> so, but I had a, a cordless mouse, trackpad, and keyboard. Well, the CMF comes up your hand. So I put an ad in Craigslist. I said, I'm selling all these uh, great devices. I sold them immediately. I bought an old-fashioned corded uh, keyboard and mouse, and it, 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 I think it made a difference. Hmm. We also unplug our modem and router at night. It's actually on a timer. So at 11 o'clock at night, no Wi-Fi in the house. It goes off, hmm. 6 in the morning, comes right back on. So that significantly lowered the amount that we have. We took as many electrical devices out of our bedroom as we we could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we just went through our house. Anything that could be a source of this. Um, and we did personally, we didn't have a lot in our house. We're not we're not phobic, but we kind of don't we don't need a lot of whole bunch of Alexa. That's mm-hmm. the last thing I want is have Alexa listening to me all day, you know. <laughs> for <laughs> Siri, you know. Mm-hmm. So smart devices. We put some Faraday cages or these lead bags around our smart meters. We have smart meters in the basement that tell a guy on the street uh, what our electrical use is and what our, let's see, what else, I guess, the gas line mm-hmm. or water line. Uh, these smart meters, they, they don't need to come in your house anymore. They can read it from the street. Well, mm-hmm. that thing is on 24-7 and it's emitting EMF. So we put these bags around them so it only is open towards the street so the rest of our house doesn't get EMF. And these it might sound extreme, but these things all are cumulative. They, they right. really add up. And then now the price on these devices, my my neck uh, pendant was, uh, I think he was selling, I paid 200 for mine. Uh, I was at Acres, he was selling them for 180 
uh, a piece, and that's a lifetime. That's, that was why they went with stainless steel. It doesn't wear off. The charge stays on it. Hmm. Uh, so it's a lifetime deal that you wear around your neck. Or A lot of Amish guys put it in their pockets, their watch pockets, because they don't like jewelry. Mm-hmm. Or it's not allowed. Sure. So they just keep it in their watch pocket, and that works just fine. Um, then the five-inch one we had was about, um, uh, he can give you exact prices, but I paid about 4000 for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seven inch was about 6,500, uh, that I have now. The, uh, the one that does 160, 200 acres runs about 10,000. Mm-hmm. And the top of the line is on, he's actually, he gave me these prices for the acres conference. And I think he'd give it to anybody. They're about 15,000. Right. And that's the one that I said John Wood had he ended up getting another one for his Alabama farm. He liked it so much. He bought one for his. He's got a meat plant, about 200 people pack meat, mm. ship it all over. He bought a third unit for that place, and he just saw immediate improvement. And it was kind of like during the lockdown, bad times of, of the, you know, that whole thing. Yep. And people were grumpy, crabby, <laughs> uh, fighting over parking places and everything. And he didn't tell them that he put this thing in there. And the first thing he noticed is like people were bringing cupcakes for other people's birthdays. They're like, no, no, you park there in that spot. And uh, even his his office manager is an older lady. And she said, John, she said, I love my job. I feel better at work than I do at home. Mm. She said, I got RA. I got rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. She said, at home, we're going to have to put an elevator in because I can't go up and down the stairs anymore. Mm. And she said, here at work, the, the bathroom's downstairs, off upstairs. She said, I run up downstairs, get a cup of coffee. Uh, she said, I just feel better at work. And then he told her. He said, I wonder when you noticed it. And it was like when he first put this thing in. Wow. So, yeah, so you can see why I'm excited about this thing that is a no-risk deal. And the way he says no risk, it's got to pay for itself. Any input you put on your farm needs to pay for itself. You know, right. it's like one way or the other, you know, in herd health or uh, production, something. Um, so this is this is kind of my find for this decade, I think. <laughs> I found apple cider vinegar last decade. And I'm still, uh, still shouting it from the rooftops. Uh, but again, I feel like obligated. I feel like it's my duty uh, as a scientific um, uh, eagle-eyed scout, you know, out on the tra- trail looking for what you need to know I feel like this is the one for this year. So uh, I know I've talked your ear off. I, ho- I hope I haven't uh, uh, turned you off or made it sound suspicious. It does sound suspicious because all of this is something we can't see. Mm. Uh, you can't see an x-ray. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, when you go through the airport, you don't want to be x-rayed. Uh, you you want to either have a pat down or I have a TSA pass. Mm. And I, I just get the metal detector, but I, I, you know, where you go in there and hold your arms up. Yep. Right. That is a potent dose of electricity of X-ray, mm. and uh, you know they can count the change in your pocket. Right. Uh, so you don't want to, you don't want to do that. As, again, it's just all the things we do at the dentist, at the doctor's office, wherever to lower our exposure to EMF. 
Yeah, no, Will, it's been very good. Um, I I was a little apprehensive about this this episode just because it is so new uh, as far uh-huh. as a topic and, and those kinds of things. And, and I think we've done a good job of uh, telling the, the positive side of the story and giving people, you know, some, some tools to do that. And I think I, I have tracked down... Uh, this gentleman you were talking about, Dan in Spokane, Washington, and and links to all that uh-huh. will be in the show notes page for today, workingcows.net slash 272. So show notes page for today is workingcows.net slash 272. We'll have a link to that, and you guys can go and do your own homework and figure out if it's right for you, but uh, sounds like a pretty uh, interesting device and, and something that I think is worth definitely worth checking out, so... Well, yeah, thank you. It's just only going to get worse, you know, so I think even though we're on the front end of it, I think uh, it's more a matter of how long you wait, you know, to, right. get, to get some protection. It's it's not going to go away, and it's only going to get worse, so uh, I'm glad you're doing that. And like everything you do, you're helping people uh, stay solvent in the uh, difficult industry of, of agriculture and uh, hopefully making their life happier and healthier. And uh, it's uh, I thank you so much for all the stuff you do. Well, thank you for your kind words. And, and Will, I really appreciate your time today. If there isn't any other major nuggets that you wanted to cover uh, today, uh, I would I would uh, let you have the rest of your afternoon. <laughs> no, it'll be at 2 in the morning when I remember what I should have said. <laughs> <laughs> yep, for sure. So, Well, what, Will, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Clay. Okay, bye. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com should should just keep coming your way if you're subscribed but uh if you do f- come up, up against an issue come uh first episode of the new year um just uh, head on over to workingcows.net and you'll be able to find the episodes there as always so uh thanks again for all the support um the uh, Amazon wish list is always up to date. If you're uh, looking for a way to support the podcast with a one-time gift, of course, you can give uh, once a year at patreon.com slash working cows. You can find a time of year that works best for you and give then, or you can give monthly if that works better for you as well. And there's uh, bonus content. I've been recording bonus content with every guest pretty much and getting out 10 to 20 minutes a week of, of bonus content. And, uh, there's also options to subscribe at a level where you get swag mailed to you uh, once a quarter, and then once a year or so, I mail out uh, a larger gift. So if that interests you, uh, patreon.com slash workingcows. The Amazon wishlist link can be found at uh, workingcows.net slash support. So if you want to do any of that, uh, that'd be great. Appreciate all the support I've gotten. All of this recording equipment that I use has all been sent to me by people who supported me through the Amazon wish list, and it's been a huge blessing and has really upped the quality of the product I'm able to produce. So thanks so much for that, and uh, we'll see you again after Christmas. So Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Working Cows podcast. We invite you to visit workingcows.net to subscribe to the show via iTunes or Stitcher. 
You'll also find detailed show notes pages, resources from our guests, and the industry leaders who have influenced them. For more ideas on putting your cows to work for you in a more profitable way, tune in next week.